Hello. Welcome, everybody, uh, to another episode of Gaming the System, the podcast that looks at gaming with a big old feminist lens. Um, so we are here today. I'm Caroline, joined by Matt, Alex and Jem, even though I haven't put your names on. But, you know, that's because they've changed some of the things in Restream and I can't figure it out. But I'll get there eventually. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Uh, before we talk about what we're going to talk about today, I have an off-topic thing to discuss. Just Games Master is back, uh, which I'm very excited about because I know that I have, in old lady fashion, lectured you all before about like, oh, do you remember back in the day when all you, to find out how to get through a game, you had to watch Games Master and Patrick Moore's giant head would tell you what cheats to use. Um, so Channel 4 have rebooted it, which is very exciting. Oh, yeah. um, I've watched the first episode. It is. It's okay. <laughs> I would say it is no better, or, no better or no worse, really, than the, the original Games Master. Who's presenting um, it? A Scottish man whose name I didn't catch, but um, who seemed he seemed all right. He seemed all right. He made he made he made knowing jokes about how different Games Master might be these days um, compared to ye olden days and stuff like that. And we've had the people taking part in challenges were women, non-binary, black, white, everything. It's all been sort of it's been very sort of updated Games Master. Um, there was even a small child beating a grown adult woman at Splatoon, so that was fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> but yes, so I'm 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 recommending we all give give the new Games Master a go. Obviously, they don't have to ask for um, cheat codes and walkthroughs anymore because you can look that up on the internet. But um, Sir Trevor McDonald, is he a sir? Yes, I think, I think so. Uh, yeah, um, yes. it's doing a very good job of being the Games Master head. And I like as well, they haven't changed the design much. The design is actually very similar to the original Games Master. So I'm enjoying that. So that's good. Anyway, that's just my little personal thing I wanted to talk about there. Anybody else got any little personal comments they wanted to add? Right. Um, I've fallen <laughs> in love with um, George Orwell. That's all I want oh, to yes. add. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Matt's having a love affair with a early 20th century novelist. So it's good. Um, right. So today we are looking again at board games. Or I, I've decided to widen this out to a not computer based games. Uh, because I suppose that when we talk about card games, D&D games, t stuff like that, you know, they're all board games in their own way, but some people get really finickety about this. And if there's not an actual board, if you put actual meeples and pieces on, but yeah, fine. Anyway, um, so we've talked about this before. We had a really nice discussion led by Jem, who I'm going to come to when I've run out of things to ask people about and hope that she has her leftover questions from before. <laughs> Main thing I wanted to ask, first of all was since our last show since we last talked about board games has has it pushed you to try something new have you tried a new game have you gone back and tried an old game that you maybe hadn't played for a while that the game that the discussion had made you think of uh, any of those sort of things happen for anybody my um, sister um, likes playing board games um, and so, and she and my mum are working in a charity shop occasionally. And so there's a, um, a multitude of oldie timey board games and puzzles. I have a massive shout out to puzzles. I've found tremendous, um, pleasure in doing big puzzles 
the last month or so. Um, mm. They're just a wonderful. They're, they're so simple in everything in life because if you sit down with it, it can only get easier because you've got a thousand pieces. Every time you put one piece on, that's one piece less for you to find and you're guaranteed an end result. <laughs> so it's very, very good for mindfulness. Uh, so there's the puzzle side of it. And um, my sister and my mum played a game that was sort of like Battle Tetris, where you take the Tetris shapes and um, you have a, a like, imagine a Scrabble board, but instead of putting tiles on it, you put um, Tetris shapes and you've got to try and box your enemies in. And it was it was really fun, but uh, uh, maybe we'll talk about this at some point. There's like, I think people get traumatized in childhood a lot when it comes to family events, <laughs> um, and having to. Um, it's the same like with um, uh, like Christmas time stuff, having everyone around, you fit into old patterns. I hate like when you get dragged back to an old. Uh, pattern that's quite toxic um but i hope that i i i hope that it will lead to more of these kinds of games for us good and yeah as you say i think we might talk about that more later but um i think there is always a danger with that but the puzzles i'm a big i'm a big puzzle fan myself have you got yourself a big board to hold it in yet you got yourself a case Need you need the big um, five thousand piece case? <laughs> Sorry, Matthew. five thousand. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> I've just got I've just got a card big. I've just got a big A three cardboard bit of cardboard. Fair enough. I've got it's the one that means too small for the a thousand oh, piece no. puzzle. Just <laughs> yeah, after my partner got sick of me uh, taking up surfaces with puzzles and then forgetting about them for months and going, oh, I'm not really in the mood. And then, but that meant that table wasn't usable for a month. Um, I've now got a case that folds up, seals up nicely, and goes under the sofa. So there you go. See, highly recommend. Um, Alex, you tried any new board games? I haven't yet, but I have noticed in my trip to my local comic and game shop in town a lot of the the board games we talked about I was like suddenly aware of I was like oh there's Wingspan and uh, all sorts of other ones as well and so I've, I'm carefully browsing that section now uh, in, in in mind to buy something in future definitely but yes I, I just haven't got around to it yet but I will. Yes, I have no, played a lot good. more Wingspan actually and mm. I still recommend that I'm, I've also once you know the rules well enough then you can play it drunk it doesn't really work like explaining it to somebody drunk I would exist <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, definitely awesome Jem mm. how about you what's changed oh. have you tried anything new <clears throat> I've got loads to say <laughs> so I don't have to add in any questions because I can't find my own questions so um um so jigsaws, um, we always have a Christmas jigsaw. So jigsaws for me have, have, have generally been a festive thing rather than a sort of general thing. Although um, they, 
they are something that you know has come out if somebody's been ill or something it's been quite a good thing to do um but yeah we always had a festive jigsaw which the idea was that it went out when the christmas decorations went out which in unlike everyone else in the world in my house that happened sort of in the last week before christmas <laughs> so and then it would then you would have to complete the, the jigsaw the christmas jigsaw before the 12th night and everything went away and if it wasn't completed it went away uh, incompleted and i think the um the the sort of one that we, we we only kept one of them and that was the Mapamundi um and um and that lived it was always going to be framed and hung on the wall but that never happened and it just lived on a a, a big board under my parents bed for about <laughs> five years just gathering dust before somebody decided that enough was enough and they checked it out so so jigsaws have been definitely been a family a family thing and I think they are very good for mindfulness and it's so nice just to stand there and just you know like whenever it, all the chaos of, of Christmas is going on it's quite nice just to have that calm of just finding where that piece goes and I think it is it's a, it's great for the completionists amongst us unfortunately well, fortunately, my husband is a massive completionist, and so therefore he gets a bit obsessive about them. And you put a jigsaw out, and then he doesn't leave it. And so... <laughs> I was going to say when Matt said this before, though, the, the worst thing is, of course, if one of the pieces has fallen under the sofa, and mm. uh, then the, the maddening, the maddeningness of I can't finish it, and I have had that before. And yeah, there's there's possibly nothing yeah. more traumatic, really. <laughs> I have a jigsaw question to put to you then. So, I okay. I'm I'm trying to imagine how to phrase this because I can guess Caroline's reaction, and Gems just told me um, Daniel's reaction. Um, do you ever half do a puzzle or do a bit of a puzzle and then put it back in the box and throw it away? Do you ever not complete <laughs> puzzles? No. <laughs> and my other half does he he has lost interest in a puzzle before which i have then like gone right i'm gonna finish this he has then tidied it away after two months of me not finishing it which is why we then had to buy the case but they have all always ended up finished but i do find very very satisfying once they are finished completely yes. wrecking them and throwing the whole yeah. thing apart <laughs> <laughs> that's very zen though isn't it that whole thing about like creating something and then just destroying it the mandala, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a zen type of thing see what um, I've, I've been able to uh allow myself to do is rather than thinking oh you sit down you need to finish it putting that artificial pressure on myself i've done like a, a third of a puzzle and then just gone i'm hating doing this and then going, well, there's no rules saying you can't just throw it in the back of the box mm. and then yeah. and then get another one that you enjoy because the point of it is the enjoying, the enjoying of the doing it rather than the hating it and then it's done and <laughs> then you forget about it. It's a very healthy way of looking at it, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I do it with crafts, well, craft the right projects way. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with movies. There's no reason I have to sit through another hour and a half. But no, puzzles, it tends to be more like suddenly I'll get every single mug and pot and everything out of the kitchen and start sorting into smaller and smaller categories. And so like I'm like, eventually the logic approach to this will get me through the whole puzzle. And then I have them lined up by which one's got three sides, which one's got two sides. Which it, go, it gets to really super levels, but I find it so calming and freeing yeah. because I'm not looking at my phone I'm not getting distracted by anything 
it's the one thing where I can completely focus. So I do really like it for that. That's something we should do a let's play of. Yeah. A year, a year long, puzzle. a year long series of Caroline doing a five thousand piece puzzle. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, mate. That is a long. <laughs> well, yeah, but yes. I think it's interesting though because, like, um, you know, when you talk about jigsaws, people always often talk about that as being a solo thing. Whereas for me, it was so much a family thing, and it would be about you know you'd leave the puzzle, and I feel actually feel similar about Animal Crossing, which I know obviously isn't a board game so it doesn't really belong in this conversation but I have the same thing in my family at the moment because there's three of us playing it and it's lovely because you you go away and things are over here and you come back later and things are over there and (laughs) in some scenarios that would really annoy me but in other scenarios like the jigsaw puzzle and animal crossing it's it's fun it just gives it this sort of evolution and 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 family play you don't have anyone to just Sorry, I was going to say, you don't have anyone who's like the vulture, though, who like swoops in when you've done most of the jigsaw, turns up and goes, oh, I'll just put that in and finishes it. Yeah. Oh, it makes me angry. Yeah, no, that is that is really frustrating. That was was the point I was just about to make. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) After having been told I was, I was, I was, um, healthy on one aspect of the puzzle if someone touched my puzzle without me saying so i would kill them (laughs) (laughs) so i'm not perfect i do i do have a few flaws so originally your well-being as long as nobody gets involved (laughs) so originally we were asking jen have you been playing any different board games (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I want to what I did want to say is um is that after last um after our last discussion about this, I did actually go out and buy <gasps> I can't say. I don't know if they're listening. Oh no. Anyway, the, a certain game that we've already <laughs> mentioned this evening. <laughs> um and it's a family gift and it was I bought it in the summer. Um oh. as a family gift and um and then, well, actually, my mum bought it off, but it was a joint thing. But anyway, um, and, the cards um, against humanity. The, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were, but we've been saving it for like a, a rainy day to to explore it. But it was totally off the back of the conversation that we'd had, and um, I'm very excited to try it out. And I'm thinking it's going to be like a good Christmas board yeah. game because that's the other thing. I mean, I think we talked about that last time board games were very much a christmas activity for me as well you know we'd always get a family board game mm. and then all fall out over it over some of us not wanting to play it and others cheating yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and some people taking it too seriously that can be a problem as yeah, well yeah definitely <laughs> there's a lot of things that can go wrong i mean i think mm-hmm. i i want to i've been wanting to play more board games but obviously um still not seeing a huge number of people in person so therefore it's not really i haven't really had a chance to get any of those sort of the bigger play things going on but what i have been doing is i am now playing a lot more D&D, um and i now have three 5e dungeons and dragons <laughs> games on the go wow. two of which i'm a player in and one of which i'm running that was um, confusing it, to, to be honest, I just reuse a lot of characters. Um, <laughs> so my character that got killed very early in one of the games that I'm playing um, has then gone on to be a major NPC in the game that I'm running because I was like, well, I created that character. I might as well keep her going. Um, and But I'm, what I'm finding really interesting about it is that obviously more so 
possibly than you do with video gaming with these sort of games you get those human dynamics people group dynamics uh, there was actually an article in the guardian the other week about how dungeons and dragons is helping people learn how to socialize again post pandemic because we've all forgotten how to communicate with each other which is partially true um yeah. but <laughs> that's like why am i saying that's silly that's completely true um but i have noticed that it's so different the groups that i'm in so one group is all um immediate family um, and that's the one that I've been playing with for the longest. And one of the reasons I wanted to play with other people was to get a feel for what it's like to not be bullied by your brother while you're playing a game, um, <laughs> to not have to deal with all those sort of fun family dynamics that you mentioned earlier, Matt. Um, so then I've got another group of people who I know purely through playing through RPG. And we're quite polite to each other. And those games are very sort of strictly run um, and they start on time and they finish on time and stuff like that. And then I've got one that is a group entirely of women and non-binary people. And that one is, I have to say, what I'm having the most fun in because I suddenly feel like, oh, this is, it's, it does literally feel like a safe space. It does actually feel like the place where I can be most myself and um, relax and stuff. And I think it's one of the things that I don't know if we talked about this enough about how board game playing gives you that chance to explore games, but in a much more human fashion with people. Mm. I don't know if anyone else has. Um, yeah, two things you just made me think of. about. Um, so uh, one, uh, the learning to socialise with people again, that has a massive um, physical element because, because the world is built for able-bodied people. Socialising was built around pubs, clubs, and meeting people out in, out in the world. And then so that brings like the the there's the physical actual the the being there and there's the vocal side and so we can see each other's faces but we can't touch each other we can't we can't um yeah we can't interact physically and maybe think that's that's a good thing because people are people go yeah you can you can live like this there are plenty of people who live like this because of uh disabilities or various other issues and sometimes it's just easier it's far easier for us to do this than us to all co like get together in um sheffield or something um and then that that instantly made me think of it can it could be useful in a sort of a physical boundary way because from now on i don't want to shake anyone's hand anymore mm. because then that's such a social pressure so if you get rid of the idea of like your obligation to have co physical contact with anyone that might have an impact in because if if someone it doesn't want to shake your hand they're not going to want you to grab their ass are they and it's no. unlikely <laughs> and yeah, so that's 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 the first thing that made me think of, and then just off the end of what, you, yeah, that that's that's a that's a thought to to explore down in another entire other episode. That's what it made me think of, and then um, reminded me about what Jem talked about in our arcade game session about um, these kind of games. The being rather than playing playing a character like on your own in a game where you're you're playing a character sort of on your own, being able to play a certain character 
in a public setting. So, for example, if uh, one of your non-binary friends, maybe they're choosing to play as a specific gender or a specific sexuality, um, then that's a way that they can explore and, and live that in front of people so that they're being seen and the value of being seen as yourself is immeasurable to like to combat like the shame and stigma that society tells you you should feel rather than acceptance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. and i do take your first point as well hugely because I'm, I'm very much hoping in the post-pandemic world you don't have to hug and kiss mm-hmm. everybody um which was a thing that had become very much part of society where as soon as like oh hi no that's 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 a thing i'd like to leave for people a fist bump I'm... is enough and a fist bump I, is fine I, it works for everyone fist bumps actually cause me more stress than anything because there's an accuracy that i just don't have <laughs> and i'm just gonna miss every time and it's just like that stress. there was a guy who used the guy who used to collect money at the tes- tesco's that i used to go shopping in all the time in leeds he's a brilliant if you ever go to the tesco's and city center leeds right everybody knows this guy he's always there collecting for different charities but he's the friendliest guy in the world and he's lovely and he would quite often ask offer a fist bump for me and it was just the most difficult social situation I've ever had to deal with but he's lovely (laughs) (laughs) and I got better at it eventually Mm. um we sort of touched on it a bit there I was thinking about these places that a lot of so uh, one of my friends has moved up north in the last two years and one of the because obviously not at the best of times it's hard to make new friends as an adult and uh, what he did is he's joined the local gamers group who uh, meet in a pub and play board games he's Mm. also joined the local um, warhammer type games group as well who meet in the same pub apparently there are some people who are members of both groups there's some sort of political tension between the two of them. I think there is some degree of like, you know, we, uh, it's fine to turn up to the board gamers group with a sort of wargaming thing with you, but it's not okay to turn up to the wargaming group with the board gamers, like mm. how he described it to me, the social mores mm. of all this mm. and the etiquette. But he's been going and it's been thinking. And I was thinking about that. How would we feel about have you ever done that? Have you ever gone to any of these local gamer groups? Because there's loads them all around the country um and would you ever do alex would you ever consider going and sort of joining a local gamer group like that i mean yeah i haven't actually done it locally but i know there are plenty that are around locally and um since the um aforementioned gaming and comics shop came into town that's really had a it's really popular you often see people in there playing like Yu-Gi-Oh and whatever else um all sorts of stuff. I knew you'd be excited about that. You love Yu-Gi-Oh, don't you? Um, yeah. No, so, but yeah, it's certainly something I would consider if I ever moved somewhere new. Because, um, you know, who doesn't love gaming? And, yeah. Uh, as we all love gaming. I mean, I just um, was wondering as well about the awkwardness, though. Of but it. yeah, no, I mean, it would be pretty awkward to start with. But I just think of it like, as as in it was like a coming going to university scenario you're all going to feel awkward like I mean obviously there'll be people that know each other better if they've always been there but you've just got to treat it like you've got to dive in at the deep end and just go do it because you never know who you meet and usually hopefully it will turn out to be a really good and positive thing to do. Matt would you give it a go I know you were thinking about getting into 40k Warhammer type stuff. It's absolutely something I'd consider um i 
so many so this is i'm this is pinging off so many interesting fun thoughts we'd have one uh yeah, i listened to a true crime podcast they talk about criminal athletes and there was this one guy who went to meet his um i think it was his girlfriend's father-in-law or something and like within uh, three days they were smoking crack together <laughs> just having a whale of the time smoking crack and they and they were pointing out how do you how do you get from hi nice to meet you to smoking crack because it it made me think a little bit of what caroline you were saying about your different D groups you behave slightly differently with each one mm. and i know that i have the parts the parts of me that are the equivalent to like that crack someone smoking crack with me and i know it takes a long you have to go through a lot of processes to to gently come and find people like that um but so I, I live in hope that I will I will find uh, plenty of people like that I have in the past. Um, and then you made me instantly made me think of when you mentioned politics, it made me think, oh, I can't stand that bullshit. And I can't stand the performative stuff like shaking hands and hugging and kissing in if that's done in general, then it's it's pointless it's performative it doesn't add anything anything to it if you hug someone that you care about that's that's substantive you just go oh my god it's you hug kiss kiss that's that's awful and you made me think of how going back to thinking about like the physical the physical thing being able to you've we're taught that we're supposed to apologize for like enforcing our own boundaries so if someone comes up to you and says oh hi i'm so and so and they hold out their hand to shake and say sorry i don't like shaking hands that's completely fair and now you can say oh it's, it might it might well the germs it's a terrible idea but being able to normalize not like giving part of yourself making part of yourself available mm. that you don't want to that you feel pressured to is that that needs to be and that's that's why like i'm i like i like being still because it's easier to be yourself when you're still so if you sit in a room full of six different people who have never met each other and you're able to stay still and not be stressing and looking about and looking for social cues then you can you can just sort of relax into the space and be yourself authentically, whereas what everyone's instinct is to do is to, unless you're a complete arrogant, cocky asshole, unself-aware asshole, then you're often looking for cues from people. And but it's, you can just if you can just go somewhere and just relax as yourself, rather than having to be a different version of you everywhere you go. That is my idea of hell: tearing myself mm -hmm. into being mm -hmm. a different person, none of which are myself. Those are the those are the like that's the standards that I I set for myself because it's how I keep myself uh, healthy and happier as I can. Well, I think that's the advantage of some of the of board game groups, just board game nights as well. I know a lot of pubs do them as well. As it's just sort of it sets up a social boundary for you to live in. It sets up a sort of social experience for you to have without having to worry about all of these things. Um, I was going to ask Jem, but she's taken a sip of her tea. Right, there we go. Jem, are you, <laughs> you ever been to one? Ever tempted to go to one? Um, oh, God. It just sounds like my worst nightmare. 
I just when you said about it, I was just like, no, <laughs> not doing <Nope>. that. <laughs> but I think Matt made a good point, and I think, and I was thinking, yeah, actually, there is there is quite a lot to be said for that having um, a structured social environment. See, I, I, I mean, I did spend a, 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 many of my teenage years hanging out in pubs and clubs, and um, and it, and that seemed to work for me because that seemed to be what I wanted to do on a weekend. But as an adult, I've I have found it increasingly challenging in those environments. And um, through my mudding years, we used to go to um, pubs and meet up with other mudders and talk to them. But even that, even that environment where I knew people and I was meeting people and we all had something in common to talk about, I still found that really quite stressful. Um, and so for me, kind of going into those social environments cold is a, is a really challenging thing. Whereas I think, you know, having a sort of structure of like, you know, we're here to play a game or we're, you know, is, is actually something that allows for that. It's, it's like um, walking, walking, socialising, you know, it's, it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Like, you know, you're walking along, so you're thinking about that. You're saying you walking, socialising and... like it's a thing that we all know about. <laughs> I just mean like you know where people get together and they go out, let's go out for a walk and you go you go for a walk in in groups you have like a walk, a group that goes for a walk and 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 then you meet people along the way and it's 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 a way to talk because you've not got that you're not facing each other you're not sitting there talking to another human being in that kind of like almost confrontational manner you're actually like just kind of walking and talking and so it's more it's it takes a lot of the pressure off and I think gaming those kind of gaming groups would probably could offer the same that same setup and um i've been doing more D as well and i'm currently in two d two um well i'm in a D group and a d-o-d which is the swedish version dungeons um, or dragons yeah oh i can't say how's it. your I swedish into, yeah it's my swedish <laughs> is rubbish uh, don't tell my mother-in-law um but um dragons dragons and demons is what it actually stands for dracor or demons anyway um but um and both those groups are there are people that i don't know that well or you know that i haven't met that many times or at all in real life so it's been quite an interesting both of those have been online um via video so and but it's a nice way to get to know other people because you, you've not got that pressure. And if you don't want to share personal stuff, you can just get on and play the game and that's fine. But I think I would find it quite difficult to just turn up to one of these groups, especially as a, a, a nearing middle-aged woman, you know, a mum and, you know, all of that. I, I, think I, I think I would feel really awkward walking into into an environment like that just, just because of... Um, where I am in my life at the moment. And I think, you know, I would need to be sure that it was a group of similarly minded people at the very least. And I think, you know, that's the other thing. It's not just, you know, I certainly wouldn't yeah. go down to Warhammer group and, <laughs> and turn up because I'm about 30 years too old. <laughs> I just thought of something to add to the end of my point. Also, thinking about physical space is if I was to go to one of those spaces, I'd probably get a feel for how happy I would be in that space if it was accessible to me, obviously, because I'd be wanting to go more and more these days 
in my chair. So if a place is not accessible or no, then automatically it's probably not going to be the best mm. place for me. Mm. And if it is accessible, then I'd hope that the people that do go would be open-minded enough to be accepting of me um, coming in in my chair. And, and uh, you know, you'd be able to get a vibe immediately from everybody involved, how they feel about mm. that. And so that would be that would be a kind of a, a teller for me, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I have I have gone to one of these groups in London before, um, quite a few years back now, because I've lived in the north of England for quite a long time now. So, um, it, but it was, I remember that just what struck me at the time was, oh, there's women here. I'm not the only woman here, and I was thrilled about. That. And I was like, ah. But I now reflect on it. I'm like, yeah, but was a pretty white middle class able bodied crew and yeah. I'm sure it was in the basement of a in an inaccessible basement of a pub yeah. where it was hell um but I did as you say Jeb it's those sort of social awkwardness that comes with being a woman as well of that sort of mm. like and the stereotypes that come with the certain certain type of gamer chaps you know, where you you do feel the it necessary to point out you have a partner and that, you know, no, I'm not interested in a relationship. I'm not here to try and pick people up. Please don't, you know, boundaries, mm-hmm. throwing up mm-hmm. walls everywhere because of the situations that we probably found ourselves in in the past and stuff as well. So, but as I say, had a very positive experience. Everybody was very nice. I played Ticket to Ride. Nobody got into a fight, which is always good. Um, and I, I do, I did go and buy Ticket to Ride after playing it at a gaming group. So it has those sort of benefits as well. So I'll try not to put people off. I also have got a list of things that Matt has said that I'm now putting disclaimers on. Just want to say we don't have a problem with Sheffield. And we're not advocating <laughs> smoking crack either. I just, you know, I just wanted to put those two. I've things come up out with an there. alternative analogy. Excellent, good okay. one that doesn't advocate smoking crack. No, I don't. I never said I. I don't smoke crack. That wasn't. It wasn't me. It wasn't me going. Oh, I have. I know this. I know this friend. Um, so, say for example, uh, it, the four of us, we are intersectional feminists, and if you take one like hot button issue that we are very clear on, is we are pro-trans rights. None of us are anti-trans. We're not, we don't go, oh, I don't know. We go pro-trans on board. That's us, intersectional um, uh, feminism. That is a long, a long, just saying you're a feminist. If you walk into a group of people and say, I'm a feminist, odds are, most people are going to look at you like, oh, okay, and they're not going to be like that. But then if you get a row of people who say, oh, I'm a feminist too, and then you mm-hmm. get a couple of more, and you go, I'm a pro-trans feminist, and then you might lose another bunch. And so it's that that yeah. cutting Process. down, but, it, but, it, but trusting that you're cutting away, you're cutting the chaff, and eventually you'll be left with a potent bunch rather than... Uh, it's yeah so that's that's another thing where you sort of you have to you have say it's it's difficult as relationships are but the thing the trick is i i think that the concept of till death do us part is extremely toxic an extremely toxic um pressure to put Mm -hmm. on any relationship because how many friends have you known from childhood who you spent maybe 10 years spending all your time with and then you don't speak to them for years and years and years it's Mm -hmm. okay to go 
that I love that I loved them. They were wonderful. Uh, then, but that doesn't have to last forever in order for it to be wonderful. And mm. just trusting that you, as long as you keep on putting yourself out there and exploring opportunities, but at the same time making yourself the center of whatever you happen to be trying to do, then you can take your real self places, and then you'll attract people that that like are attracted to your authenticness. Mm rather than going, oh, my God, I don't know anyone. Oh, what do I do with this? What do they want? What do they want? What do they want? It's it's very complex. This is what badges are for. This is what badges mm. are for and stickers, Matt. You just need you to put badges. badges and badges and stickers all over whatever you're carrying, and then people know what you stand for. That's this why I great. walk around. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you don't talk to me if you're not into that stuff. <laughs> this is yep. me. It also <laughs> makes it easier because it it means you can you can so if you meet a hundred people, you can cut out a lot of them by like the lowest common denominator usually, or the highest common denominator. I don't know what the but the fewest people. Uh, being actively pro-trans is it's quite a, a rare thing to find sadly and it's uh, but you know that you're going to find it very very difficult to relate to someone who who is either on the fence who can be who could be brought along they might be perfectly fine but then people who are anti-trans or against it then you can just and go I'm not having any of that toxicity near me because you have no obligation to accept toxicity into your into your boundary. No. And of course, the nice thing in a board gaming group is that you know you don't have to be the bestest of friends with everybody you're playing with. You know, you are having the the, the whole point is the board game creates a nice sort of social situation where it can bring people together um, and sort of create really nice environments for getting to know people. And I, I, I think it's interesting what you're saying there, Matt. Well, I don't see that there's any pressure on people. I don't think I don't think when you meet someone or when you get to know someone, there should be any pressure at all that this has to be the bestest friends ever. I just when I talk about social awkwardness, I just mean I just want to make sure that everybody has a nice time. I think that's for me what's most important that everybody's relaxed and having fun. And I think that that's what I mean when I say I'm trying to overcome those things in those sort of situations. Um, but I think that yeah, I was going to say what well, I I I used to be really like overboard in that sort of camp of wanting everyone to get along, um, but then realizing that I was doing it for the benefit of other people, not for myself. Mm. Um, that's the only thing I I worry about in terms of like taking leadership roles in anything for example just to make sure that you're doing everything for yourself and then that benefits other people rather than the other way around yeah that's fair enough so board games then um (laughs) (laughs) just you know um we we can sort out the entire psychology of the human race (laughs) as we go along um but board games so we haven't really talked about it many specific board games in this episode although from my reckoning we have mentioned ticket to ride wingspan and basically dungeons and dragons and 40k warhammer there are of course many others there is settlers of Catan, there's caverna there's agricola there's pandemic which i know a lot of people have played this year Weirdly, I, 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 does there not? I mean, I played Pandemic before the actual pandemic. Is it not depressing to play Pandemic during a pandemic? 
I've been, we've been playing it. Um, me and Daniel and my mum have been playing it. Um, and, um, and we're playing Pandemic Legacy. So you play a month and then if you beat that month, then you go on to the next month. And, and you, each time you win, you get, um, you get new, um, skill sets and characters you can keep the same characters through or you can change them around at the beginning of every game it's an amazingly different way of playing a board game because you rip up cards and you stick stuff on the board and you write on it and it just feels so wrong it's like (laughs) you know when I first learned that you could highlight books and write in books I was like oh you can't do that (laughs) so you know, for me, it was, it's just, it's just a bit of a, and I, we did actually record, we have recorded some of our games because I really want to share them with, with everyone because it's just been such a, a an interesting process. And no, um, it hasn't been depressing. It has <laughs> occasionally things have happened and we've been like, oh, that's a bit close for comfort, you know, oh, we hope that that doesn't happen. Um, but it's, I think it's just actually been more, relevant more interesting and and also like we were talking about sort of like the social side of gaming you know it says it also provides a non-confrontational way to talk about the things that are concerning us about the pandemic so you know it's a very social situation and it's and it provides a way to discuss things topics that might be quite stressful um in a non-stressful way so yeah I would say yes it is a little bit weird to be playing it right now but it's also been a lot of fun and yeah my only sadness is that we haven't had time to play more of it so we're, we're only on February we we um we failed no we we finished February now and we we won February and now we're on to March next but um but we failed our second our first february we, we well, died <laughs> sticking with it though it's like so i had risk legacy which is similarly has the the permanent changes to the board game you're meant to play it with the same group of people over and over again and we came to the problem where the same person had won risk legacy too many times um mm. and that gave them quite a few advantages and then some other unnamed people we all know I'm talking about my brother, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got a little bit salty about that and uh, didn't want to play anymore. And mm-hmm. yeah, we had to just, just, so we never finished Risk Legacy, even though it's got like a thing at the beginning where you like sign the back of the board wow. saying we, us three will play together and stuff. So maybe one day we'll get it out. Well, in our point. pandemic game, um, I mean, pandemic, you're playing, you play together against yeah. the game so there isn't that conflict between the the gamers but secondly in when we were playing last last time we we won we beat the game but we realized that we we could have um have done some other things to have have, have sort of beat it better if we'd gone back a few steps and we, we'd done something wrong we realized that basically we hadn't done something not not just like oh I wish I'd done that but like oh actually we should have done this and we right. hadn't done it so then we had to have a really big debate about if we go back and we do it and then we lose the game because there was every chance that we could lose it because we knew what we what we were doing was going to take another turn round and we knew that we could lose the game in that turn. So then we had a big debate about like if we go back and we redo it and we die, we you know fail in our next go round, 
do we are we allowed to revert back to the fact that we'd won it <laughs> or do we have to like take the new loss and um we decided we'd have to take the new loss unfortunately yeah. well I was outvoted I thought we should be allowed but, <laughs> but so but we did replay that that second round we we did win it so that was good but I think you know it, it's it's interesting because then you're all kind of on the same side you're not you know you've not got that mm. yeah competitive stuff going on but i think you do need go ahead i was gonna say you have to stick to the grim rule if you play arkham horror living card game uh they have the grim rule which is if you find yourself in a situation where you can't work out what the answer is from the rule books which are pretty damned complicated you have to go (laughs) with whatever is worst for you yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry that i was gonna say so certain rules it's good to have enshrined because it makes things simpler. Uh, one of which is like with chess, once you've picked it up, you have to you have to use that piece. So once you once something's happened, it's happened. You mm. made the turn. Oops! I I we could have we could have moved an army a certain pace over there, and then that would have changed the game. Nope. Already gone. Time flows only in one direction. Yeah. 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 And um oh no. I was gonna say Prince no, of Persia, backs. but that's the wrong one. <laughs> that that's against my point. <laughs> Retconning. Um Alex, what do yes. you want out of a video of a, a video game? No, we're not talking about video games. We're talking about board games. Alex, what do you want out of a board game? Do you want it to be cooperative like pandemic? Do you want it to be competitive? Do you like them complex? Do you like them simple? What is it? What is it you're looking for? It's a tricky question. I think um Generally, my experience of board games tends to be ones that are competitive. When I think about them, usually they happen at Christmas um, with the family. Um, And yeah, we tend to play ones where we compete against each other. So I'd be interested to try a cooperative board game, definitely. See if that's more of a positive experience. Not that competitive board gaming isn't positive, but it um, it does get dicey at times, let's say. Pardon um, the pun. Mm. <laughs> pardon the pun. Ah, yes. Yes, see, I didn't even know I'd need it. All right, nice. Um, I'm done for the night now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I'd definitely be interested in trying the different types of board games for sure. There's, like, I love, I'm really loving this episode because I get to hear about all these games I haven't tried yet and I'm thinking I really must make a plan and actually carve some time out to do to play some of these um, because they sound so much fun and I'm sure I would really enjoy them. Um, but yeah, no. Well, you've got a I shop now. That was the first one. That, true. When yeah, I first started playing board games, um, yeah. it was Travelling Man. There's a couple of Travelling Man stores, yeah. one in Leeds, one in York. I think there's a few other around the country and they specialise in board games and also general nerdery. They have comic mm. books and stuff like that as well. But I, I just went in there and talked to the people and just said, hello, yeah. I'm one of these horribly trendy middle-class, middle-aged people who wants to start board gaming because The Guardian tells me that's what everybody's <laughs> doing now. Um, so could you point me in the direction of a board game? And they and they were very lovely oh, about it. They were really nice about it. Um, yeah. and, and similarly, when I wanted to start playing d and I just went in there and was just like, 
what the fuck do I need to start playing D and D? How does one do this? I've seen it on Stranger Things. What do I actually do? And again, they just pointed me to the starter set, also to the big tub of dice, and was like, "You may not find these interesting now, but at some point you're going to." <laughs> <laughs> they will be no, definitely have obsession. to um, take pictures and then send them to you guys and be like, "Which ones help?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be able to update you. No, definitely, I will have to look. And then we'll just get into a big argument and big debate yeah. about what. Yeah. <laughs> and we you'll, do... you'll be standing in the shop for half an hour waiting yeah. for us to work. We could do like on live polls on social media for I mean, all I... of our listeners. Be like, which one should Alex buy? Please tell us. I definitely <laughs> like my games complex, hmm. but that's partly because I have. I, I don't know what, when I was, uh, this, this is going to sound really irrelevant, but when I was about 10, I started reading Georgette Hare novels. Uh, Georgette Hare writes romance novels based in the 18th century. So again, this is going to sound really irrelevant. But one of the things about it is they have lots of characters and settings very early on. Like it's one of those where in the first chapter, there's like name, person, name, person, name, person. And you could spend ages going, oh, what's that? Who's that? And I very early on learned to just go with the flow. I was like, I'll figure it out. It will make sense eventually. And that is a very useful skill when it comes to learning board games. It's not sitting there trying to learn all of the rules immediately, because especially some of the ones that um, are quite fashionable with adults, your your Settlers of Catan, um, your Caverna, stuff like that. They have got vast quantities of rules. They have intimidating rule books like this. And then they usually have an appendix rule book as well, which is like terrifies people. But I think you just have to you play and learn, play and learn. You do your first playthrough. Don't worry if you lose. Don't worry if you do it wrong. It doesn't matter. I think that's the big thing with board games because you do then learn it very quickly, much quickly, more quickly than yeah. you think. And Absolutely. but I do think that is a problem is that it's sometimes intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, what kind of what, what do you want out of a board game? What are you looking for out of a board game? It's tricky because what I'm coming back to consistently here, which is something that doesn't um, uh, my gaming life doesn't have a social element in it the only like co-optive game that i've been doing is with you guys is doing um god of war with alex and doing the um the little hope playthrough and i really enjoyed that but it's mainly i think It's a it's a fine balance between the activity and the people you're doing the activity with, because there are there are people who it doesn't matter what you do with them, you're not really going to click. But I find like when Alex, when you and I are doing God of War, we're able to have really interesting conversations while we're having fun playing this game that we both care about and enjoy. Yeah. So it's sort of uh, things have to come together for me to really enjoy things. And I, I like people you can you hang out, you, people you've hang out with who you could be sat in the rain at a bus stop and have the time of your life with, with um, the right person. And I, I find so gaming and social stuff are completely separate for me and that's the way that's the way it's always been really so coming into a social world i think just having something that looks a bit fun and isn't taken too seriously to give me an opportunity to know the people who i'm playing with 
because if, if the people aren't right, then it doesn't matter how good the game is. I don't think. I, I imagine this is all very social stuff for me exploring new <laughs> things. So that's why I'm that's why I'm talking as if it's a therapy session. But it's <laughs> fair enough. But also, there are there are you can play one player board games. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can. Agricola, Caverna, Feast of Odin, which are all a series of three, all have solo play modes mm. where you basically play. You're playing against the game, against the cards. Mm. It's almost like solitaire with board games. Um, mm. Arkham Horror. The Living Card Game, I mentioned that before. I absolutely love that game because that's a deck building game and I love deck building games. Um, and But it's a deck building horror based in the world of HP Lovecraft game. And again, there's loads of ways of playing that solo, um, which are really enjoyable. And I was like, I, I, I know that there is this sort of expectation that like, oh, board games, you've got to play them with other people. But actually, like, I played Agricola on my own. Especially when Oscar's like just not in the mood. It's just like, it's just like I don't want to play a Grickler again. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to play on my own. <laughs> and it's genuinely satisfying and fun. Some people think it's odd, but I think it's satisfying and fun. So I just there are there are options for those of us who feel what was the, I, I retweeted the other morning, um, Susie Dent's uh, word of the day on Twitter was basically a very cool word for not wanting to hang around with other people all the time. And sometimes we don't. And having games to play without other people is well worth it. So, Jen, <laughs> you're my like board game so buddy here. I'm expecting a very detailed <laughs> answer from you on what it is that you are looking for out of a board game. What exactly do you want out of your board game? <laughs> exactly right. I want all the cards to be purple. No. Um, <laughs> um, I just I do want to say to Matt that there are there are it's not quite the same and it's not quite as good as as what we're talking about but there are online board gaming sites so you can go it's like board game 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 geek I think is one of them and there's other places yeah. where you can go and and actually play board games in an online environment uh, with other people um and you can chat and socialize if you want to kind of go down that route might be a thing for you um and or you can play with friends which is the other you know people you know in the real world um not that you can't make friends online i'd just like to say um what do i want out of a out of a um board game well i think it was really important what you said Caroline about how sometimes the instructions can be really daunting and really off-putting and um, at the weekend uh, two weeks ago I we introduced one of um, a friend of ours to um, Settlers of Catan Um, there was three of us who knew the game and one who didn't who'd never played it before and we just we just basically launched into the game and we played it with the cards um, visible so that she could see what everyone was doing and how it all works. And I think, you know, there are loads of games out there that it's actually really good to just play and learn as you play and to be with a group of considerate co-players who can who can walk you through it and talk you through it and not bombard you with too much information. So I think games that have a good, simple concept are really great that you can get in that you can play over and over again that you can pick up quite easily you can play for an hour in the morning um i i don't know see for me it it all depends on the circumstance as to what i actually want out of the game so some play some games like pandemic which is this ongoing long-term game legacy um 
I also think you could play a pandemic on your own, actually, because you're playing a yeah. game. So you could control. You can. You could use multiple characters. Um, I like. I do think it's it's good to have games that you can play by yourself because there are times when you can't play with other people. Um, I know that there's a whole heap of games that are designed for two players because um, Daniel and I investigated that and and got you know got some really cool games off the back of that i i want a board game that suits every circumstance i want board games to play with my family i want board games to play with my partner i want board games to play on my own i want board games to play when i'm drunk i want board games to play that are going to immerse me in a new world i really like board games that have little figures that you can stack <laughs> yep. like you can play. A satisfying like people. Yeah. <laughs> I like I mean I was saying one of the reasons I liked like Settlers of Catan is because you I know it's Catan, everyone calls it Catan, but anyway. Um I like that game because every round, every time somebody rolls a dice, everyone get you know, there's something goes on for everyone. So you're not you don't have big long like, you know, you have to wait for five people to have a go before you get to do anything, and it's just tedious while you're sitting there waiting for everyone to do their thing. So I quite like games that keep you engaged. So, yeah, I think that – and I think there are games out there for for everyone. I, I have a website that I go to, which I can't remember the name of, but I'm going to find it and make sure it Good gets plug. shared in the link for this because <laughs> – because I think that you know that's really it's really useful and has great reviews and you know it's just yeah yeah anyway. so we've established what you want is a board game shop <laughs> hell yeah that would be awesome I would love to uh, no because you see I wouldn't want to play other games but I would love to like have a really good friend who knew all about board games and I could just go and hang out there yeah. <laughs> that's what well, I want drink coffee genuinely <laughs> if we were like gonna advertise anything on here I would say it would be your local board game shop because yeah. like board game shops are run by amazing people who are friendly and lovely and nice and they usually do run an evening where they will play test various things and if you ask them and say like hey i'm interested in this but are you going to do a play test evening of it they usually just say yeah why not because they're looking for <laughs> ideas like the rest of us <laughs> it's like yay there's a free idea and people who come and yeah i think in in getting to know and investing your local board game shop is really important and they are wonderful places and i think that they are i i know this is like you should say this about libraries or community centers but i think board game shops are like the center of i mean this like leeds is really lucky to have two amazing ones the other one that i can't remember i'm as bad as you gem i can't remember the name of it um uh, but it's like <laughs> uh, i think it's like lead games geek corner i know exactly where it is um but again they are a lovely place and you know as you say matt it's lovely to see people being trans inclusive they were raising money for mermaids selling um pronoun badges also you can get pronoun um D &D badges which is particularly cool um and all these various things and it just they're places that support the community that are filled with nice people and that are generally very approachable and lovely so yeah. oh, got a little bit over the top there but i was excited go and support your local board game you're, shop you're completely right about every library should have that sorry i just want to say every library should have that have a section in it mm. every community center should have a set a game board game section sorry man well, firstly, don't worry about um, uh, worry not liking books or big like all those selections because George Orwell uh, worked in a bookshop for a little while and he came out hating 
big piles of books. So, <laughs> so, so quite right. Here's, ah. a, here's a quote for everything. Um, <laughs> then uh, it was funny when you said, you're in, insert name here with all of those great place. We can insert name here and cut that in afterwards. Um, to thinking about <laughs> and then thinking about games that I that I might want to play. Um, Warhammer 40k is really it touches something in me because I like games of skill, but that there, there is an element of luck in. Because I like my my favorite scenarios is when you get two people who are sort of, of like equal caliber and who could make they make all of the right strategic moves that it gets closer and closer and then that's the only time when luck really comes in that you can that you can overcome luck with skill but then at the end of the day luck can still be the decider um i also like people who are relaxed but engaged and they're paying attention and they're interested and they want they want to win they don't care if they lose but they don't but they they want to win um and thinking about uh there are very few things that make me burst out laughing involuntarily fortunately a lot of them happen here on the show <laughs> so i'm very very pleased with that um but in terms of i enjoy funny things but there's a, only a very specific like small amount of things that have made me burst out laughing involuntarily and that's the sort of surprise the involuntary oh, I wasn't expecting that. That's what I want to find in a game that I would play something. Because I, I spend all the time thinking mm. and thinking about the things in my general vicinity. Then when I, when I come on here and Caroline, Caroline talks about getting wood in Valheim, <laughs> then that, that just surprises me. And uh, just... <laughs> I mean, and frankly, it's I, the backbone of any survival game at all. So you're always going to hear that from me on any situation. <laughs> um, especially Seven Days to Die Alpha 20 dropping next weekend. Anyway, um, just get another plug in there. Right. Well, the good thing is, is that we've run out of time because my wildcard question for this week was shit. So I will think of a better <laughs> one for next time. But luckily, I don't have to use it because it's eight o'clock now. So um, please go out there, support your local board game shops and people. Play board games. Mm. Enjoy yourself. Play board games responsibly. Um, always at all times. And we are right. Okay, I haven't done this in a while. So uh, we need everybody to like, share, and subscribe. We need people to go on to Apple Music if they listen to our podcast on Apple Music and leave a review because apparently that's good. Um, uh, if you're if if we turned up on your Spotify Wrapped um, like breakdown of what everyone's been listening to this year, please make sure you share that on social media as well. That would be very good. Um, please share us on Twitter, YouTube. Facebooks, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitch. Uh, we don't have a TikTok yet, do we? We're, well, we're, working. we're working on it. We're getting, no, we'll get a TikTok, but that. just share us with everyone. And if you do enjoy listening to us, please share. And it's been lovely talking to you all again. So, right, from everybody, goodbye. Merry Christmas. <laughs>
We hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming the System. If you want to support us, you can donate to us through our PayPal by sending it to wearegamingthesystem at gmail.com if you want to send us a one-off donation. If you want to donate to us monthly, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem. Until next time, bye-bye.